0: Hi, my name's Alistair.
1: Hi, my name's Kat, and this is Bad Pop Productions Podcast. What do you have for us today, Alistair?
0: Well, I thought we could talk about some of the upgrades that BNSF have made to their rail line between Los Angeles and Chicago.
1: That sounds like a really interesting topic for the world's most boring podcast. Our podcast is exciting and fun. Well, so let's talk about something that's more topical that won't receive a big egg listener.
0: An egg of listeners?
1: Well, an egg of listeners. It's we, just a suggestion, Alistair. If you want me to
0: go a little bit further, they've had in the, a few years in the making. Um, Most of the line is double tracked, so they can run freight in both directions. Um, they can have trains overtaking each other, they can do a lot with it. However, part of it has been a choke point where it's single lined so trains have to stop and wait for you know the one coming in the opposite direction to pass. They've been working on that in recent years, and it's just finishing this year going online it's going to add a lot more capacity to the um the southwest corridor, as say all the way up to kind of uh, Chicago and a number of stops on the way um Los Angeles being the major um import hub for the whole of the United States. Um, Los Angeles brings in most of the foreign goods that come into the U.S. from um, Asia, which is their main trading partner. Well, not that it's a single country, but most of it comes from Asia. Busy, busy port, and this line from BNSF takes it, you know, all over the U.S. Um, Interestingly, as well as climate change, it kicks up a bit, and we're dealing with increasing intensity of disasters. BNSF have had to repair a lot of their kind of California and Southeast um, rail lines that were damaged due to wildfires last year. And they're doing some really interesting things in making those rail uh, lines more, um, what's the word, something like immune to, like protected against kind of climate yeah. disaster or extreme weather. I showed you a photo of one of their rail lines a few days ago and you had a very interesting point. Not an... Not a point that's boring and would have egg listeners, but an actual interesting point you made. You said they've built that rail line very close to a river. Why the fuck have they done that?
1: Yeah, it just doesn't seem what very if it floods? To... What if it
0: washes away? What if it erodes? What if there's Maybe a landslide
1: you're... and the train collapses? You asked and... all those questions.
0: And very interestingly, they agree with you. BNSF agrees with your analysis. And a lot of their kind of um, track that runs close mm-hmm. to rivers... They've actually um, strengthened them um, strengthened the embankment and they've actually increased the height of them in certain areas to take them out of um, the path of kind of flooding or surge water in the, in the river system. So very interestingly, they are doing a lot to mitigate, that was the word I was doing, mitigate um, kind of disasters coming from climate change. Something that I hadn't really thought about before, I heard one of their executives talking um, a while ago, I read it in an article, and he was saying that uh, what people tend to forget is that rail companies in the US are all privately owned, um, apart from some of the bits that run through Amtrak, but the, the actual line operators, the railroad operators, they're privately owned and they tend to be Absolutely incredible engineering companies. They're engineering companies, they have engineering divisions that design and build increasingly efficient rail systems in a very competitive marketplace. And they're actually in a very good position to mitigate climate disasters, and they're doing really well on their own stuff. And it could be a, you know, some of our solutions from climate change may actually come from train companies like
1: BNSF. So you're saying that train companies like BNSF mm-hmm. could save the world?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I
1: yeah. am. That's exactly what I'm saying.
0: They're at the forefront. Their infrastructure is at the forefront. You know, it spans the entire continental US. It's every single climate. Um, and, yeah, from, you know... Um, hurricanes, to tornadoes, to high water levels, to flooding, to forest fires, to extreme heat, to extreme cold to changing um, environments. Yeah, they have to deal with all of it. And they are learning to do that slowly. I wonder how much of the kind of answers to um, not climate change, but to the effects of climate change, well, how many of those answers will come from rail companies?
1: Well, I mean... I rail... can I say
0: one thing very quickly, mm-hmm. very quickly? You're welcome to stop this conversation any time you like, but I think you find it more interesting than a big egg, and you seem to have some points to say. <laughs> but if you still think it's boring, go ahead and say, we'll talk about something else. Well, you've got me hooked. Got you you've hooked. got me
1: hooked on train tracks and the BNSF company. So
0: Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railway.
1: Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railway. Yep. I never knew that until you just informed me, Mr. Morrison. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very now, much. I mean, train companies being at the forefront of climate change is fantastic. But the thing is, though, what about bullet trains? What, what about speed and convenience? America's never really done speed or convenience on their rail network. Um, what about Japan and China with their bullet yeah. trains mm-hmm. that arrive there? Wait, how fast yep. does a bullet train go? Do you, I, don't,
0: I, I guess it'll depend. The bullet train is specifically the one in Japan.
1: But China also just mean, has a couple.
0: Do you just mean any kind of fast...
1: Train. No, there's a specific train called a bullet train yeah. and they have some in China now. So
0: I believe the bullet... And it's
1: like really... Well... It's like really fast.
0: I, I, don't, I don't really know much about kind of rail in Asia. Um, I think... I always thought the bullet train was just kind of the nickname for a specific... Actually a line that goes kind of Tokyo to somewhere. like For a specific...
1: A, no, I thought it was an actual train. Um,
0: it may be. Um, but high-speed trains exist all over the, the world. Um. In Japan, though, the bullet train actually runs on tracks like a like a kind of any standard train you see, but it goes very fast. Um, whereas, you know, some of the very fast ones in China are kind of maglev, so they like, yeah they kind of hover on magnets, so you don't have the friction of the wheels. And they, they hover
1: in magnets. Yeah. Why don't we have this so that I can get to Glasgow? I, I don't think it's that good. Half an hour. Yeah, I don't think it's rather happens. than a full hour and a bit.
0: I don't think the magnets are that good for trains. I don't think I'll really, like, add it. Because the thing about trains is that they're, like, very low in resistance anyway. Like, it's the metal on metal, like the, wheel, the metal wheels on metal tracks, you lose very little of the energy through resistance anyway. Plus the fact that a train is very long, you don't have a lot of air resistance to get through. Like, once the first carriage is punch its way through the air. The rest of them get to just live in the kind of, you know, vacuum life by it. So I don't really know how much efficiency you get by putting it on magnets. Plus they're insanely expensive and you have to lay them the full length of the track. They're heavy to hold up. But it makes sense for make. China
1: because they have a lot of people. And to get, an, like, to be more efficient, getting more people, more places faster, taking them off the road into... Do you know you these I think are it's are more electric, of a marketing right?
0: thing anyway. Like, I still so you're
1: So you're more convinced by this nice, slow, little chica chica train? Well, it's about
0: efficiency in America, because it's, it's freight. I was going to say this, actually. Like, it's the, like you really only care about speed when it's, like, people. They want to go fast, getting from one place to the other. But when it comes to, like, moving freight and things around, it doesn't really matter how long it takes, as long as you know when it will arrive. Like... Um, so you don't need to like I don't think anyone that's like shipping, you know you know, a thousand tons of I don't know, wood from Oregon really cares if it takes, you know, one day or five days to get to the um, the east coast. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. No one's really that fussed about the time of it, like they're about efficiency and it can go a bit slower because of it.
1: And actually I, I think it's going that, slower efficient though. So you're saying it's efficient when it comes to freight, like stuff being transported mm. as opposed to people?
0: Yeah. Because well, it's safer. I guess it's... Well, maybe. I think it costs less to make it safe, like to the same life city. So, you know, if you're going faster, there's a lot of other issues and, you know, um, trains derail quite a lot in America, like not a huge amount, but more than like other countries and... Typically, it doesn't really matter because they're going quite slow and no one ever really gets that hurt in it. Whereas if you've got a bullet train going at 250 kilometers an hour, then, yeah, coming off the tracks is going to be a lot more (laughs) dangerous. Yeah. Um, But no, I think efficiency is pretty cool. Like, they are, it's the most efficient way to transport goods around, on land anyway. It's like super cheap, very, very, very efficient. Hmm. cost very little um, beautiful things and I say it's all kind of in America anyway kind of private hands that do it So, and they're competing against you know the best highway network in the world so if anyone can do it cheaper on road because America.
1: American roads are quite straight yeah. like they spend a lot of money on making their roads wide and straight like yeah. when I went to the United States as a kid May maybe if I go now, I would be less impressed. But I was shocked by how big everything was, mm. especially compared to the U K. Like four, or five lanes in a road, the cars are the size of homes. I was quite, I was quite like, oh wow. So yeah, they like do spend a lot of time and money in the roads. Um, so I mean, where do you see the future of rail? <laughs> do
0: you know I don't know. I think it's pretty good as it is. To be honest, like. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about weird kind of technologies that don't really... haven't kicked in. Um, but you want to say about... Robot soft?
1: trains!
0: Yeah, maybe. That's been something for a while. Like, it's a very automated system anyway. Um, but someone needs to work
1: it, right? Because there's, like, still train conductors. Like, someone needs maybe, to work it.
0: Maybe not. I mean, they're kind of... There's, uh, like, drivers and, like, the engineers... On Drivers are, are engineers, and, like... They're kind of there if things go wrong more than anything sort of paying attention and picking up things that computers can't so how
1: much do they actually do the drivers then? less
0: than they ever did before and it's becoming less but i say in in an emergency you do need and want someone there like uh uh, you wouldn't trust uh but they still need to
1: work some of it right yeah Yeah.
0: but need to i don't know like see i don't know enough about it they design them in a way that they do work them but they probably don't need to like so is it like a big computer chip yeah the computers are kind of working out everything it's like cars
1: and, nowadays Though cars are. Basically if the driver big does
0: something chip. that the computer doesn't like you know the train goes uh what are you doing mate we can chill out it'll slow it down or whatever but
1: isn't that similar to planes planes are very automated now Yeah
0: right but once again if something goes right and the same with i guess cars are different because like they're dealing with a lot more novel to like every like situations on the road can get very different like whereas a train or a plane it's kinda, it kind of all looks the same like you know when you're flying in the sky you're not going to get some random person walking in front of it like or a person dressed up in something weird that a camera can't tell what it is but yeah even cars are getting there you know so but bit surely drivers still need to be there to step in but the amount of times a driver needs to step in and like something different to what the computer would do is becoming smaller.
1: Do you think there's ever going to be a time when there'll be a self-driving train? Because they talk about that for cars in fact didn't
0: I think that exists today.
1: Didn't Mr. Musk's company didn't they have a prototype car that's self-driving.
0: All of their cars kind of self-drive to an extent. But it's not on the
1: market though I don't think. It is yeah. Where?
0: Everywhere. Every Tesla has it built in.
1: No, like, full-on self-driving. Um, because I've not seen any of these anywhere.
0: Yeah, so they call it full self-driving, but the question is, to what extent? Like, there's still... whether. Oh, so a, there's still
1: a person there that yeah. has a certain amount of control, so that's not really...
0: But, okay, the difference is... Um, so when it comes to trains and planes, they... I, I think they're pretty much automated today. Like, you could take the drive route and it would pretty much work the same. Like, you don't... There's so few situations that come up that are unusual that uh, you don't particularly need... Like, it's very rare that you'll get someone walking in front of a train or, like, you have to take a weird turn that doesn't exist or, like, there's a pothole or something. Like, you can probably tell the computer all the weird situations that will pop up in a train. And, like, you still want a driver for the rare occasions where something does go wrong, but I actually suspect you could probably fully automate it today. Same with planes. Like, they can... Take off room, but they can land themselves. Um I don't they do. think
1: they're fully automated though, most like transport now. I still think people have a hmm. certain amount of control. I don't know enough about it, but
0: But I... they can do. Like what I'm saying is that they're pretty much there and being able to. And it's only once again in weird edge cases where you need a person to step in and go, Oh, I can figure this out better than a computer. But for the why do they
1: still have pilots and train drivers once again then? just for
0: those weird edge cases and plus and um, part of it's legal um there are weird edge cases where computers can't deal with it well there are situations where like if you're selling a plane ticket to customers customers won't pay any money mm-hmm. if it's automated they won't fly if it's like just a computer they want so part of it's like going to be you know People feel safer with that. Uh, Pilot
1: can no, no. There must be like, like the pilot
0: must have. They do yes, but I'm saying that if you if you were to ban pilots tomorrow, you could almost certainly build a plane that flies itself. But you showed me that video of the
1: plane that was flying itself and it crashed.
0: That was from the eighties.
1: But as the tech improves, so that it doesn't. Since it is, yeah. But if companies want to cut costs, and that means hiring less staff, so I still think if this was absolutely possible, part of it's union it.
0: as well. Unions will fight for the jobs. What and about positions? countries
1: that are well developed that don't have unions, like the UAE?
0: And the well, they use techno. They don't develop their own like plane or. Uh, but or
1: they can just buying the tech.
0: But they can't because just it's developed without. for markets like the US. And, and I'm, I'm getting kind of bogged in that. The other aspect of this is that it's a legal framework as well. Like Laws don't catch up with the technology fast enough. So there are laws saying how many pilots you need to have in the pilot seat. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what the technology can or can't do, legally, airlines still have to put a pilot there. And this is the kind of thing with cars as well. Um, Legally, a car if if cannot a drive. It. So, that's kind of my point. You, if there were two options, oh, like
1: well, if I didn't know.
0: But how much does do the how much do the two pilots get paid? What it per what flight? the chaps in the cockpit? Let's they? say on average, you know, they're on. I let's say it's like an international flight. They're on sixty grand each. Um, let's say seventy-five grand each, hundred and fifty grand each for the two pilots. Um, and they're doing, let's say, an average of even just, say, two flights a week. So 100 flights a year, 150 grand. So that's about 1,500 per flight. Now, let's say there's 600 people on a flight. You know, it's only £2.50 per person, per flight, that you're paying for a, for a pilot. So... <laughs> I mean, if you've got two options... Never thought about it in that way. Let's say you're looking to book your flight somewhere, like, you know, into the Middle East or into Asia somewhere, and you've got a plane that's fully automated, and then a plane that's got two competent pilots on board, and the fully automated plane's only £2.50 cheaper for the ticket, you're probably just going to go for the one with the pilots, because... Are you willing to take that risk for...
1: To be honest... I don't have a fear of flying, but I've got a fear of going on other transports like ships. So yeah. anything to do with water, like you couldn't pay me to get on a submarine or any underwater vessel because I don't think it's natural for people to be underwater for that amount of time. But if I knew that there were people doing it,
0: yeah.
1: I wouldn't feel any safer knowing it was people than it wasn't people because people make mistakes and tech can also be wrong. You're not gonna tell me that if anything is ever gonna be self driving that'll be a hundred percent right. No. So I wouldn't feel a hundred percent safe with either machine tech mm-hmm. or just the people doing it. My, that's just fear in me. My, that's think, just fear, that's just I get fear uh, and like I'm fairly certain that if I feel that fear
0: other people won't. then
1: it's only natural for other people to feel that fear. I agree.
0: I think my point isn't that they can do it today, it's that they can do it in most circumstances, is what I'm saying. So in the 80s, maybe automated systems could pilot a plane or, you know, drive a train or drive a car in, you know, 40% of the situations and the rest of the media human. Now for trains and planes, it's going to be much higher, like, you probably, I don't know, 95%, 99% of the time. It can do it itself better than any human. We still need a person there because there's that one one percent of the time that the computer doesn't know what it's doing or doesn't understand the situation and a person needs to step in,
1: but machines can get it wrong because people get it wrong and people make machines
0: that's true, but and once make again the, AI we, and the code yeah, but we build that out with so every time there's a, a disaster or a crash, we look into it and we go, oh cool, why did this plane crash?" Oh it thought it was killing doing... everyone on board yeah right it's like oh cool, the autopilot thought that it was a you know. 30,000 feet when actually it was they 10 30, feet above 000. the ground. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, why it's literally it
1: hovering above yeah. pavement. It's like, what is happening? And a
0: lot of very smart, very well paid people go in and they say, hey, like, how do we build this better um next time? And you learn from all the mistakes where people unfortunately die, but that's how it gets better. As I'm mm-hmm. not saying it can do it automated today, I'm saying that it can. Every year, the computers can do more of it better than humans can. And eventually we'll get there where computers can do all of it better than humans. Where putting a human into it at all is going to be more dangerous than... They'll still make mistakes, the computers, but putting any person in at any time will be more dangerous than just letting the computer do it. And what I'm saying is... Trains and planes are easier to automate than driving a car is. So you'll find that trains are fully automated before. Like there are certain lines that are fully automated today, like there's certain um actually, you mentioned the UAE. I actually believe there is a Middle Eastern country has a mini metro network in like an airport or something and it's fully automated like it does, there's no dubai. humans at all i think it's dubai so yeah think, so you were right yeah uh, you gave I that I as think, an example but i think they do they have, have a fully lot of money, automated so. Yeah.
1: and then when it gets to the stage where machines are smarter than us we will be living in the matrix and to end it on that absolutely terrifying well, i want note, to talk about trains some more and well you also wanted to talk for 15 minutes but I want what's to talk about trains what's the time now I sir I we're at
0: like 20 minutes
1: mm-hmm.
0: I want to talk about trains I didn't even get to talk about CSX
1: you, but we did talk about trains the whole conversation's been about trains and transport and how they could run the world soon
0: there's also a major merger happening in the midwest what's
1: CXX?
0: Uh, it's another train company <laughs>
1: Wait, there's a major merger happening in the Midwest. Okay. Well, we've run past our time, but listeners are probably a bit intrigued. What's the merger?
0: Um. So it's Kansas City. and <laughs> Well,
1: Kansas and Canadian,
0: City. Uh, I think Canadian Pacific. Let me double check that. Canadian Kansas City. Actually. Pacific and Kansas City. And Canadian Pacific. Kansas City Southern. Canadian Pacific completes Kansas City Southern Acquisition. Yeah. What so does that mean? It means that if you want to ship goods f- um, from the uh, west coast of Canada uh-huh. down to the south of America, you've now got a single rail operator that you can ship it with rather than having to book two or three spots with different providers. It's a really good merger. It's going to make the whole thing much more smooth.
1: The Canadians are always making deals. I don't I trust those banners. I don't know who owns Canadian Pacific actually. I, I don't even think know if it's is run is it is by Canadian. the government. Is it not? Would it not it's be private, a private sector company? I don't even know if it's registered in Canada. Surely if it's called Canadian Pacific. You'd think Canadian. so, but there's
0: so many buying and merging Canadian Pacific ownership. Oh, it's London owned. <laughs> UK rock and roll London. The largest... But it's called
1: Canadian Pacific, oh, because it's going through so Canada. The
0: largest shareholder of Canadian Pacific stock is TCI Fund Management, a London-based hedge fund. However, I don't know where it's, it's uh, it, quite is... No, it is registered in Canada. Is, right. Yeah.
1: So it's... it is Canadian then. Yeah. You can more or less. Say it's Canadian. in Canadian dollars, it is a Canadian company. Canadian buckaroos, as they say. So uh, interesting merger. Yeah. Um. And to end on that note, mm-hmm. when. Trains and every other transport become fully automated. We'll be living in the matrix, and they'll be using us as hosts.
0: That would be do you know, rock and roll? If it happens, it happens.
1: (laughs) How can you speak so casually about us being used as a host?
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's the way of the world,
1: yes. Machines becoming like the Terminator and us being their slaves. Absolutely. Is the way of the Hollywood world. Yeah. But is it going to be the way of the real world? And to end on that futuristic sci-fi note listeners, buy from cat.
0: Buy from me, Alistair.
1: Buy from Ally Cat at Bampot Productions Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Bampot Pod. Bampot Pod. Bampot Pod. Bam Pod. And the- Bampot cats meowing. <laughs> the Bampot cats meowing. We've got a Bampot. feeder. Okay. Oh well. <laughs> That's you, job. <laughs> Bye. Bye.